Well, in 2010, I actually was entertaining full-time and I had this food blog, NYC Foodie, so I started introducing myself as the foodie magician. I would go to restaurants or parties and be like, hey, what's up? I'm the foodie magician. And people would be like, well, what the fuck is that? Do you do magic with food? Well, I'm like, well, I make it disappear. No, I'm just a magician, mentalist, comedian that um, loves food. I'm a foodie and a magician. I'm the foodie magician. Sure. And a year after I started uh, calling myself that, uh, in 2011, the New York Times actually wrote a two-page cover story about me uh, in the dining section of the Times, which kind of put me on the national and international map. Josh Beckerman's my next guest, a.k.a. the foodie magician. The first time I met Josh, he told me he makes food disappear. He ate an entire foot-long lamb chop in one of my restaurants in under one minute. Josh Beckerman, the a.k.a. foodie magician, is a professional entertainer and a consumer of just about all the restaurants I know of that exist in New York. He intertwines magic, mentalism, and comedy around the world. This guy's no wallflower. He's funny, entertaining, and makes most rooms fall in love with him within a few minutes. That's his real magic. The New York Times stated, go out often enough and the food magician will materialize at the edge of your table. He has done tons of TV shows, late night show with Seth Meyers, the Today Show, and yes, of course, the Cooking Channel. For a healthy dose of magic and updates in real time, you really have to follow him on social media. I get most of my Instagram stories through him on every great restaurant in New York to eat at. A true entrepreneur that has squared away a unique career and craft for himself in truly a compelling strategy, a role that no one can compete with or probably eat more in one day. This guy is a legend, a.k.a. Josh the Foodie Magician. All right, folks, we've got an amazing guest on the infamous, uh, famous Josh Beckerman, a.k.a. the Foodie Magician. My friend, thank you so much for coming to the show. How are you doing? Doing great. Good to be here. Like, you've got a really amazing story. Are you a native New Yorker? I never really asked you where you were born. Yeah, I'm from New York. Uh, first 10 years of my life, I grew up in a place called Kew Gardens, Queens, from yep. 0 to 10. Then I moved to uh, Stony Brook, Long Island, New York. Wow. So in 2006, you started a food blog, right? And you, what, you, you, this blog kind of took off, because I'm, I'm watching your stuff at the moment, and it's pretty compelling. You, you are the ma- massive supporter of restaurants. So you were making money from doing this blog or doing magic at parties? No, well, when I started the blog in 2006, I actually had a, I was doing magic in, at parties nights and weekends. I actually had a day job mm-hmm. in the financial industry, not like business, uh, not like analyst or trader. I was getting people lunches right. and stuff like that, and then I would entertain and party uh, every night and weekend. But I was all, I've always been obsessed with food and restaurants, right? And I would be, eat, I would eat out every, every day. Sure. And all my friends would always ask me for restaurant suggestions. So in 2006, I was like, you know what? I should start a blog. So I started a blog, nycfoodie.com. I wasn't making money out of it. It was just really to give people restaurant suggestions. And then something happened in 2010. There was a bit of a pinnacle change with you, right? Well, in 2010, I actually was entertaining full-time, and I had this food blog, NYC Foodie. So I started introducing myself as the foodie magician. I would go to restaurants or parties and be like, hey, what's up? I'm the foodie magician. And people would be like, well, what the fuck is that? Do you do magic with food? Well, I'm like, well, I make it disappear. No, I'm just a magician, mentalist comedian that um, loves food. I'm a foodie and a magician. I'm the foodie magician. Sure. And a year after I started uh, calling myself that, uh, in 2011, the New York Times actually wrote a two-page cover story about me uh, in the dining section of the Times, which kind of put me on the national and international map. That's just such a unique, and we're going to get to that unique skill set. Have you always been like a great showman from a kid? Like you, you don't ever seem like you're gun shy to get on stage. 
Yes. My well, it's funny. My name is Josh, which is kind of a metaphor for my life. You ever hear that term? I'm just joshing you. <laughs> yeah, right. I've been joshing people my since I was born. Yeah, right. And you know, my father got me a magic uh, kit box when I was around uh, five years old. Sure. That's when I bit the magic bug, and I haven't stopped since. So yeah. I have always been a showman. But who's your inspiration? I'm. Go- I could say people that are. You know, you may not like, but like somebody like David Blaine, is he? Is he, I mean, he's an illusionist, right? Very different in a way to what you do. I mean, no, I mean, he. Yeah, well, now he does like big stunts and all that. But back in the day, when I was around seventeen, he, his first TV special, he was really focusing on um, street magic. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, he. I, I don't know if he's an inspiration. Yeah, he's every anyone who's doing magic on TV is, is inspirational because that's what I want to do. You don't, so, so I can get you in my restaurant and lock you in a wine keg and see if you can get yourself out and fill it with wine or something like that? No, I can't do that, but I'll make your <laughs> lamb chops disappear because they're amazing. You'll probably drink your way out of it anyway, yeah. So, but you don't actually drink much at all. No, no, you? no. I'm more into THC gummies. Yeah, yeah, right. So do you ever get nervous? Not really, no. Ever? So like, what's your biggest audience? My what's like the biggest live o- shows? Yeah. The biggest live show I did was in Pueblo, Mexico for 3,400 people. Wow. I'm what you call a people person. Sure. Like, I suffer from a disease, Robert, called FOMO. Have you heard of this? Yes. Fear of missing out. So I need to be out <laughs> uh, networking, eating, entertaining. I love people. Uh, so, And my goal in life is really to entertain, make people smile, laugh, and sometimes cry with joy. But So, so yeah, 3,400 people. So never, ne- and never get nervous. Like, just, just own it. No, I, lo- I love people. So I got this weird story. Did you trick up Michael Bolton in Cleveland? What the hell is that about? I... Well, Michael how do you even know that? I know she Wait, how you. did you know that? Are you a mentalist? You're <laughs> yeah, no, I was at an event. Uh, I can. It was a company called Quicken Loans. They had yep. a big uh, event there I was performing at, and he was at the same event. And I did... Was he performing or...? Um, I don't remember. I do remember... No, I think... I don't remember. I know he was at the hotel I was at, yeah. or the event, and I... Uh, What's read his mind and I mind fucked him. <laughs> you mind fucked him. I think him. he was at the no. I think he was a te- he might have been performing. I, I didn't hear him sing. Right. That would have been cool, I guess. Uh, but um, <laughs> well, uh, yeah. But uh, no, no. He, he he. I did read his mind and uh, entertain him. Uh, so so here's one. So is this true or false? We got Dave Beckham, Noel Gallagher, Dave Grohl, Alison Mosshart, Liv Tyler. Wow. Are you doing magic for these people? And what the hell are you doing? Like, is this some wow, sort of Wow, someone's weird reading page is six. This, is, this, is this some kind of kiki party that I don't know about for the entertainment industry? I, I mean, that that there a couple years ago, I was at a bar, yep. uh, a discreet bar. I'm not going to, I don't know if the name was in the page six. Yep. But yeah, they were happened to all be there uh, having drinks. And I was there too. And when I'm at a bar or restaurant, uh, next thing you know, it's uh, it's showtime. So yeah, I did um, do magic to all those people. But what I find interesting in your approach, you've been in my venues a few times and like, I put you in front of pretty serious people, right? They're having a good time. And I'm like, hey, this is my friend Josh, and he's a foodie magician. And, and then I just leave, and, you know, just because there's a natural assumption that they're going to fall in love with you straight away. Your ability to segue yourself into a table, that's not easy, right? Because that could be quite annoying. But never have I ever introduced to anybody that afterwards I come back 40 minutes later and they're all, like, losing their minds. Like, who is this genius? How do you do it? I, like, how do you break the ice straight away? Well, I mean, I have such a passion, obsession with entertaining, and my goal is really to make people laugh. Right. So, And I utilize magic and mentalism to do that. So uh, I know how to, um, you know, read minds or well which is it's really tricks but uh yeah. i know how to entertain and uh i've been doing it my whole life really so it's it's for me entertaining and doing magic and mentalism tricks is like breathing to me sure so it's just like breathing so it's it's very easy for me it's so so this period um you know when this show comes out hopefully we're we're grown-ups and we're allowed to go out again but this lockdown period you know you've been here the whole time as well right i think you did one or two trips 
but you know we're both basically sitting in New York watching the Wait, apocalypse. Are you stalking me? How do you, how do you know my whole life? This is really. I see every second of your life. We track you. But I mean, this is you know we kind of hit the apocalyptic moments where the streets were dead and we were all locked in our house. I heard you did some incredible Zoom shows. How the fuck do you do Zoom? shows like i mean it's one thing to be in front of a person there's an illusion and there's a trick and there's a there's a strategy around that but now we're on zoom there's a whole bunch of people at home i heard you did it for a bunch of people and they were blown away is this true yeah yeah so back when this pandemic this global pandemic hit back in march uh you know i had a lot of live events booked and obviously they all got canceled because no one's doing live events i was like oh i guess i'm getting zero dollars for the rest of the year because all my events got canceled but then um in late March, early April, I was able to pivot from the live shows to do virtual Zoom shows. Uh, I basically took my live show and and uh, just evolved it into doing vir- stuff virtually. So, uh, and it's been going great. I've been doing shows for corporations and individuals every week. Uh, but um, some of those tricks actually are stronger virtually because if like I'm doing a show and someone's in like you know Los Angeles and London and I'm doing a trick like where they have something in their hand like a sure. uh, like a bill in their hand and, and I'm doing something magical or or a mind reading stuff that's like how is that even possible I'm not even next I'm in a different city than them did you have to so, rethink some of those things yes I did I had to I had to rethink a, a and bunch you of you weren't it. in like your bathroom or anything in your underwear doing it were you or? no 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 that's no I, you know all I do in, I only do four things in life I I, I walk five to ten miles a day around New York. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or any city I'm in uh, when there's no global pandemic. I eat at restaurants. Uh, entertain- Five times a day. Yeah, at, at least. <laughs> uh, I entertain, uh, entertain events and I travel uh, yeah. when there's no global pandemic. Sure, but sure. Um, so I, usually I get I, – well, I'm drinking cold brew iced coffee or walking around New York is when I get my uh, – my thoughts and my visions of new so, tricks. So just before we got on, we got we're gonna we've got I've got a ton of food questions for you. Go for it. I got some dirty stuff on you as well here. Uh-oh, so, uh-oh. You know, but you were you were fucking around with my producer Mark, who's behind the camera now. Uh huh. I don't know what you guys were talking about. You were talking about something. And uh, can we get you on? Are we oh, okay. allowed to get Mark on? Can you do what were you well, doing with him? So I okay. So I you know I do what you call mentalism, which is uh, the subset of magic, the magic of the mind, reading the illusion of reading minds. But yep. my, I have a signature trick uh, where I have people think of restaurants in their mind. Yep. could be in New York or anywhere in the world, really, and I try to guess the restaurant they're thinking of. So um, what I told Mark is I want Mark to think of a restaurant in his mind, and I'm going to try to read his mind. That's what I'm going to try to do. Should we do it now? Jesus Christ. Thank God you didn't try and read my mind. It's like a fucking theme park. Mark, do you want to come on, and can you... I don't know what he's going to do to you. Should, can I stand up? Yeah, yeah sure, I, sure, sure, Should sure. I keep the headphones on? Yep. All right. This is, I like because all right. So, so Mark, I, I, I said, Mark, I want you to think of a restaurant in New York yep. that you like a lot, right? So you have one in your mind. I do. Um, if I said th- think of more than one, but you're thinking of one. Um, so I'm going to ask you a couple questions. And I'm going to try to read his mind. The camera's there, right? Yeah. Yep. Got to got to suck in a little. Uh, <laughs> but look, see, we're matching. Yeah. I, I have like 30 black shirts because they make me look thinner. Yeah. Um, so question number, I'm gonna ask you maybe two or three questions. Question number one mm-hmm. is, um, where are you from originally? Where'd you grow up? Well, you have an accent. Are you from New Jersey or Scotland? Scotland, which is the New Jersey of the United Kingdom. <laughs> Fucking New uh, Jersey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like he read his mind. Question number two. Uh, the rest of your mind. When was the last time you were there? Two weeks ago. And oh, okay. Ooh, it's fresh in your mind. Ooh, that means they're open. Open during pandemic. I got to get that down. Because I, I will say, so, and the restaurants eat, don't tell me where it is. It's either Manhattan, Brooklyn, or Queens, correct? Yeah. So we narrowed it down, Robert, to 27,000 restaurants. Yeah. And the last question is, have you ever been to this restaurant that's in your mind with uh, Robert? No. Yes or no? Okay. No. Here we go. Two minutes on the clock. Well, I'll do, just for time, I'll do one minute. Uh, I'm going to start saying stuff aloud to read his mind. Sure. What I'm saying could be uh, wrong, could be right, just be poker face. Okay. 
And he's from Scotland. All right. Uh, clock starts now. One minute. All right. So um, 60% of restaurants in New York are actually Italian. Right. Uh, I have a friend named Michael White who's got a great northern Italian seafood restaurant called Morea. They're doing outdoor seating now. But he has also got a restaurant downtown called Asteria Marini, which is in Soho, not too far from away from the great Gran Tivoli. Yep. Um, not what's in your mind. Um, Asteria Marini is across the street, actually, from La Esquina, which is Mexican. Nope. I don't think so, Scotland. Uh, maybe you're thinking about Lore Fish Bar, also in Soho, which is across the street from the Bursa Kitchen, uh, owned by my, or the chef there, of course, is my friend Jean George, who's got a restaurant in the seaport called the Fulton Great Lobster Noodles. But you know what else has a great lobster dish? A guy named Mark Forgione. His Tribeca restaurant, Mark Forgione, is also the chef of a restaurant in Olita called Peasant. No, it's going to be downtown, yes. All right, I'm going to take up my pen. I'm going to write something down. By the way, I hope if I don't get this right, we 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 edited it out. All right. In your mind, you right. Mark, I want you to think of the cuisine. Don't say it. Look at me. Look at my eyes. Think of the cuisine. And I don't know if the camera is going to be able to pick this up. But I'm going to go with this cuisine. I'll show. Robert, can you see that? Yeah. Is that camera zoomed in, or should I go up to the camera and show them what I'll, I wrote? I'll do it. Take it off. Take. It off. Take oh, wait. I'm going to do. Let me just do all three. Think of the area of New York. Yeah. Don't say it. Yeah. All right, I'm just going to just do this. And I could be right, I could be wrong. All right, this is what I'm getting. All right, show that, show the camera that. Are you, keep it right right there. Are you thinking of a restaurant? Uh, it's a Chinese restaurant. It's in Chinatown. It's called Chinese Tuxedo, yes or no? No. Okay, uh, wait, he should probably talk into the camera is, so they uh, can they pick can up. Can hear him? Can we, uh, they can hear you. You'll hear me, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. What was the overall cuisine of the restaurant that you're thinking about? Uh, fish. Fish? Yeah. Fish? Seafood? Yeah. Okay, what area of New York? West Village. West Village. In a loud voice, there's 27,000 restaurants. The one that you think about is merely inside of your mind. No one knows you. So everyone can hear at home. What restaurant is in your mind? Say it very loud. Mary's Fish Camp. No way. Just <laughs> <laughs> got foodie in the chest. Look, look at this. Look at that. Wait, wait, I have a question. Real quick, real quick, real quick. Before, before wow. we do this, one more thing, one more thing. Did you have another restaurant in your mind, yes or no? Did you have a different, yes or no? Don't say, did you have a different one in your mind, yes or no? Yeah. You did? Um, you had a second one or no? Me, you asked me for a second one. I said you? think of two, right? Yeah, yeah. You, and you thought of two? I did, yeah. Do you remember the second one or don't say it? Yes. You have not, by the way, just so they know at home, whoever's watching this, hi, uh, you have not told me a thing. No. I, I, all I know is that you're from Scotland, the New Jersey of the United Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to stick. You, and that's pretty much all I know. And your name is Mark. Yeah, that's right. You have another restaurant in your mind. Yeah. Think of the location. Don't say the area in New York. Don't say where it is. Think of it in your mind. I'm trying to read his mind. It's not easy. 27,000 <laughs> restaurants. There's a global pandemic. I got to read his mind. Yeah. Right, I'm going to go with this area. This is crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, I live in the East Village. A lot of great restaurants in the East Village. Um, we can get to that later. But I'm going to go with this. This area. Mm -hmm. You know, I said Tribeca. Uh, Tribeca's got, you know, there's a good restaurant called Frenchette in Tribeca, which is like French, French brasserie. Reminds me of pastis in the meatpacking. By the way, great burger. But you know what else is a great burger? Four Charles Prime Rib. Oh, my God. Um, yes. Very good. And you know what I get for dessert at Four Charles Prime Rib every time? Whiskey. The French, no, the French dip sandwich. <laughs> I don't drink. French dip sandwich. Um, you thought of two restaurants, merely in your mind. I'm going to go with this restaurant. Can you do me a favor, Robert? Show the camera what I wrote. I'm not, I write sloppy. Are you uh, in a loud voice? What's the area? You have a second restaurant right there. No one knows you. It's literally in your mind. You're not telling me a thing. What area is the second restaurant? West Village. West Village again. Yeah. This guy doesn't like West Village. It's <laughs> <laughs> a big city, buddy. Big city. That's right. I, I love the West Village. Um, what's the restaurant in your mind? Say it very loud. Second restaurant. 
extra virgin. <laughs> oh, no. So is extra virgin written on there if no, you didn't no, say no, that. No, extra virgin. By the way, that's the opposite of me. Uh, okay. No, all right, whatever. <laughs> all right, you got 40 minutes. All right, we're going back. Going all right, back. all right. I have more. Here we go. <laughs> but before I leave this podcast, I'd, I'd like to um, guess addition is my. I Done. To, Done. Oh, by the way, let's do it at This the... is a podcast, but we're recording this. Yeah. We should tell the listeners, not the viewers, what happened. Like, I wrote, because they're not yeah. going to know. No, no. So, the interesting part is that, you know, Josh basically guessed and wrote on a pad that I put up against the camera both restaurants. And, uh, and there was no pre conversation about where, how, what, and when. That was right. pretty astonishing. And so, yeah. So, let's, so the it's listeners here know, well. besides the viewers, uh, I read Mark's mind. There you go. You got Foodie Magician. After mind. I do that trick, I t- say you got what Foodie Magician. Uh, should you want me to try to guess a Let's dish Let's do it now? at the very end at the of very the show. Because I said, because I, I love food, I love restaurants. Like, I said, wow. th- I want him to. I want to try to guess a dish. Well, that's what we're going to talk about, right? So, okay, like, good. thank God you weren't inside my mind. We'd be here for hours. You'd be, I need therapy. You'd need therapy. Um, look, let's talk food. Uh, like, I'm watching your IG, your Instagram stories, right? You eat a fuckload of sushi. Like, I mm-hmm. mean, an ocean supply weekly. Is that hands down like your favorite food? Yeah. So, Robert, I love every food. I yep. really, I love, really love everything. Um, I'm open minded in terms of culinary <laughs> adventures. But my favorite food is sushi. I could eat it every day. I practically do. If you told me you have to eat sushi every day till the day you die, I would say, sure. I love it. I love it. Right. It's kind of so, light. So, yeah. give me three hits, three places, your top three. Well, it's funny because, you know, we're in, in a global, middle of a global pandemic, but mm-hmm. not only is. All the food in New York incredible. I, I you know, I don't cook at all. I yeah. eat out every meal, lunch, dinner. I, I don't, uh, I don't really do breakfast, but I would eat it out because I don't cook. Yeah. Um. But not only is the food in New York incredible, the sushi in New York is absolutely incredible, and I've been to them all. So there's some a couple of places that have opened up actually in the last couple months during the pandemic, which blows my mind. Like, go, open up a restaurant, a sushi restaurant, or any kind of restaurant. The pandemic is nuts. A lot of pe- restaurants, of course, a lot of restaurants are closing. Uh, but some rest, a lot of restaurants are opening. So there's, uh. Two that opened up nearing the East Village that blew me away for the price. Uh, one, the, the most recent one is called Sushi Kai. Where is that? Uh, it's on 9th Street between 1st and 2nd, East right. Village. Sushi Kai. Sushi Kai, K-A-I, $65 omakase. Comes with 12 pieces of amazing uh, sushi, uh, a, a spicy salmon roll, and three little appetizers, including snail, escargot. A really? little snail, which is flavorful. Yeah, Monkfish liver. I mean, the, the this and sixty five bucks for an omakase. It's a great price. Sure. Uh, another restaurant in the um, East Village, on Seventh Street between Avenue A and First, is called Shin East. S H I N N. Shin East. Another. I think they're doing a sixty five dollar omakase, as well. Wow. I, um, those two, by the way, they are doing outdoor dining. Sure. Uh, I've those two. I've actually taken home. I you're have like not done... the fucking restaurant alliance right now. Like, I mean, you're giving prices. Dishes, pronunciations, yeah. and street addresses. I mean, this is my life. This is all. Yeah. All I do is walk around New York, eat all day, and occasionally I entertain at events on Zoom or so live. Is, so number three, number three is a tough because there's so many great ones. Um, I will, but I, I like good bangs for your buck. I love that quote. What a good bang for your buck. And the, the last great bang for your another bang. I hate to say, it, just another. It's another East Village spot, but I do, and I do go all over New York. But yeah. um, but um, uh, sushi by M. Letter, sushi by M. Sushi by M had. I did a fifty dollar omakase there, which is again another good price. Fifteen bucks cheaper. 
Yep, and but very good. Fifty bucks, very yeah, good. Yep, there's, yep. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of great sushi and food all over New York. I haven't. And there's really a lot of really well priced food. You know, you can go from ten dollars and up, and I've seen you eat five dollar things. And so, okay, so oh. you're not allowed to bring up Scars Pizza when I ask you this next question because this is like oh, I love your, Scars. I know okay. you do, and every time I'm near, sometimes we hang out at Bar Belly. Hmm. Um, we interviewed Jin Choi the other day, who who works and runs the bar there. Scars is, you can smell it wafting outside the, the neighborhood, outside Scar Pizza. Like, what are your major hits the week and what's hot right now? Like, I know there are two questions there, but what are your go-tos? you got to have that every week. We know sushi. And what do you think's hot right now? Okay, wait. When you say go-to, do you, do you mean pizza or anything? Anything. Staples. Like, you know, something that you can't go without a week without sushi, but you can't go for a week. I, you eat well, Scars a, a bit. Well, no, no. That... that, that... Let's. The thing is, when I walk by, I walk. Okay, so I walk all over New York. Yeah. Anytime I walk by Scars, I have to get a slice because I think it's one of the best slices, if not the best slice in New York. Mm, big statement. Um, although I did, I did uh, last uh, weekend walk to Brooklyn because um, I, I got to get my steps. So I walk from the East Village to wherever. I walked to over the bridge to Williamsburg Bridge to a place called Le Industry Pizzeria. Yeah. Have you heard of this place? Yeah. Very good slice. This is Just getting to, political now because being best slice in New York is kind of like a big statement. Yeah, that's why I said could be, could be, could be the best. <laughs> could be. There's a lot of great slices, and yeah. uh, there are a lot of now some of these pizza restaurants are doing like sourdough uh, pizza. Like uh, there's a restaurant on Mulberry Street called Sophia's. Yep. Chef there is a guy named Adam Leonti, and he's yep. doing like a sourdough uh, bread pizza, which is good. There's also a restaurant in Williamsburg called Leo. Leo that does sourdough pizza, sister to Ops, which is kind of Neapolitan style pizza. Uh, but in terms of go tos, mm. should we be? We should you and I create like a, a restaurant guide show where you just basically just waft off today's hits? You kind of do that anyway. Well, yeah, I'm like a walking. Years ago, they called me like a walking zagat because I yeah, would just you walk. Are. Well, yeah, I just I I mean I have a photograph selectively. Well, no, I have a photograph memory of all restaurants in New York. Not really Upper East, Upper West too much. In fact, I go to Los Angeles, California, more than the Upper West Side. True right. statement. Gotcha. Um, but the thing is, I like to try all the. I like to try every new restaurant opening up too. So, I, I mean, I don't. Lately, I haven't had a go to. Yeah, but you, you're like. What's really interesting is our friend Eddie Bucks, yes. Chinese tuxedo. Great. Him and the chef, um, Paul Donnelly, and uh, they've just opened up Tiger, which is T Y G E R. Mm -hmm. um, you'll know the address. I know it was the old Nickel and Diner on. It's Center on Howard and Center Street. Of course, he knows the address. I mean, what do you expect? That, like, he's my friend and yours, and a typical Australian. You know, like I'm getting him on the show because I was like, what the fuck would an Australian think coming to New York and opening a Chinese restaurant in a basement in Chinatown? Right. And, you know, they killed it and it's a great restaurant. Great and they just food, opened yeah. Tiger, right? And so, like, Eddie's like, hey, you know, we're going to be opening soon. Be great to see you. Before I even can respond to his text, boom, there you are. Mm -hmm. How do you know about this stuff? Well, uh, for that that case, I actually got a little personal invite. Yeah. Because what you, know, what you need to you learn. You quicker. Robert, yeah, Robert, you need to learn how to do magic and my reading. Then you'll get the invites to the friends and families. Yeah, the only so. disappearing act I do is food. And, you know, you can see that in my belly. Mm. You're an amazing supporter of restaurants. There's no, I, I don't know anybody. I honestly don't. Even the pretend foodie bloggers that go out there and then, <laughs> oh, look at me. I'm eating like whipped cream with a pancake. Mm. You are actually really diverse in your, your um, um, the things you love to eat in your item. So when I was, when I was looking at your profile, and I looked at, you know, you're an amazing supporter of restaurants. What's changed for COVID for you? And what do you think's changed for restaurants? Because obviously I, I know, but for the listeners right now in New York, how's it changed apart from just eating outside? Well, well, it's changed, it's changed in the last six months even from during the quarantine 
where a lot of the restaurants were closed and there was no outdoor dining. I was doing a lot of takeout. Yeah. So a lot of these restaurants have to, no, every restaurant has had to pivot from, you know, the fine dining to dishes that are, you know, you can do takeout and delivery because yeah. that's because yeah. there's only they got to make, you know, their money somehow. I mean, the restaurant industry in it is so tough to make money in when there's no global pandemic with global. Correct. I don't I can't do the math. I don't know how anyone's making money, to be honest. You're not. So but but, what, let me ask you. So with takeout, right, we, we we chose not to do it because we didn't feel our food traveled. Right. So that long, you know, you know, one foot lamb chop that you used to eat at our place like that thing. 15 minutes later at somebody's door cold is not my idea of a good time. Right, right. What travels well and what doesn't with takeout? And we don't have to mention restaurant names because there's some foods that just don't work, right? And there are some foods that just do well. Well, yeah. Well, I've had pizza that does has not... Actually, pizza does not travel well. Yeah. Dep- well, depending how far it is from your house. Sure. Yeah, and I, and I I never use my stove or oven. So, I mean, it, you, you, it, a lot of the pizza you have to, you know, reheat. Uh, yeah. But... um. I mean, I, I, every I will say every meal. I, I don't need to mention any uh, all the restaurants I've had, but and there, there have been a lot. But every meal I've had has been incredible or very good. Yeah, because I you've got like, well, if you go back to pizza, like Neapolitan style pizza, you need to eat it hot and yeah, you need away. it fresh. Whereas so, American style pizza are a bit denser, travels quite well. I've been surprised at some of the little gems that I found. Like there's the guys at Nolita Pizza, mm-hmm. this tiny little yeah. three foot place, and all of a sudden I'm getting a pizza and it's delicious, mm. right? And then I've had the Naples style pizzas in there in the place that you know went pre COVID, which is delicious. And then when it got to me, it was cold and it was kind of you know I should have known that anyway, being a restaurateur chef. But so, but like I would say, like my favorite food, sushi actually does travel well because it's it's, fu- it's fucking cold anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, sometimes it sticks to the wherever the box it's in, but like the rice gets a little sticky. And, and of course, sushi, really good sushi, is known for you know you have to have like good warm rice, fresh rice. Sure. So but that might get a little cold. But uh, actually, sushi does. I've has uh, been traveling well. But like the guys from Uncle Boone's Thai Diner, you know, mm. we, we heard the bad news that they they closed Uncle Boone's from the you know they yeah now it's just all a Thai diner, Thai correct? Diner, which, which by the way is fabulous. Man, top three. Pad ties in New York, in my opinion. Uh, I, I ate there three weeks before the pandemic, and I was blown away. They're an amazing team. That travels really well. I've eaten that takeout, uh, you know, had delivered at home, and that food travels incredibly well. I thought for Thai food, and he's got such a unique flavor. Yes, I've been. Eat, I actually have been. I love Thai food. I love every food, but I love Thai yeah, food. Yeah. I, I eat a lot of Thai. I like um, Thai diner a lot. It. Yep. Uh, I've taken out from there. There's a restaurant near me uh, in the East Village called Soother, which is a new new restaurant that opened up maybe two months ago. S O O T H R. They're doing great um, uh, Thai dishes, uh, and they actually have a sister restaurant called Thai Villa. Also has an amazing pad Thai. What, what what's your what's your been your saddest closure? Because we've had you know over a thousand restaurants permanently. Closed. I mean, Uncle Boone's is one of them. Absolutely. Um, but like, thank God they still have the Thai diner because the same chef and you know yep. team doing that. So that's a, you still get the some of the. There's been some heart like some heartbreaking closures of institutional um, places, right? Yeah. Hold on, I gotta think. Gotham. <laughs> Gotham. Gotham Bar. Oh, well. <laughs> Uh, no, <laughs> moving right along. Um, <laughs> well, you... no, no. The re- the thing. Well, the thing is. Uh, well, uh, uh, actually, some news is that the chef for years, of course, at Gotham Bar Grill was a guy named Alfred Portali, yep. who opened up um, before uh, before the pandemic, yep. uh, a place called Portali, uh, I think, on 18th Street, and they're actually just opened up now. Uh, this actually, this, just this week, opened up for takeout, delivery, and outdoor dining. So that's a good sure. thing. So. Um, 
Wait, what else? I don't know. There, I tried a lot. There's been a lot of closings. It's yeah, so there has. It has. I mean, there's been, you know, ironically, there's been people opening, right? Like, right. Forgione took over Peasant, and yes. I went there, and I had a fantastic meal with friends. We ate out on the street, and I was like, yeah. wow. Peasant, Peasant was one of, could have been my last meal before everything closed. Right. I, and I ate indoors. Yeah. I had like a burrata sandwich, and, and they do good stuff. They were now, and I've eaten outdoors there. It's great. Good pizza, good. Uh, we should get him good. on as well, Mark. I mean, oh, yeah, he's, he's great. A, he's a super humble guy. Doing, doing good wood fired stuff. Stuff there at Peasant. What do you think the like everybody's got their own view, but what do you think the future's looking like at the moment for New York City? I, I'm I'm digging in. I don't know about you, and I'm Australian. I'm not going anywhere. I'm, you know, Fort Knox is building around me. I believe in the city, and I believe in the people. What do you think the future looks like right now? Because we're hitting today, which will this will, interview will maybe come out a little later. But today we hit a two hundred thousand death milestone. Not to drop the the spontaneity and fun of this show, but you know we're looking at a lot more. Do you think um, the city's? I mean, we know it's going to bounce back, right? Mm-hmm. I don't even have to ask you that question because look what we've the, the city's been through, and it always comes back. Next six months, what do you think? Well, New York City is the love of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love her. I love her unconditionally. Uh, sometimes in the winter, she could be a cold bitch, but I still <laughs> fucking love her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's a. You know, she's resilient. She's we're, and the people here are resilient. I know a lot of people left, but. It's interesting now that she's because I you know I'm walking around all day. She she she's a she's a little different, but sure. but she's kind of cool right now. Right now, when I walk around, she's cool. You get, I I the outdoor dining situation's almost got this like European flair to it. Everyone's you know super chill. It's kind of like the OGs are still here. The real tough New Yorkers are still here. I like it. Uh, come like the winter time when it's cold out and. Oh, I mean, I was thinking about starting a heat lamp company because I you every, should you should they make some money because all the. Uh, <laughs> All these, I don't know. I actually, I mean, it's kind of, I actually don't know, to be honest. I kind of live day by day. That's the right answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I live day by day. I appreciate every moment. I try to stay as positive as possible. And and what else could you do? But like, I mean, like, things are changing. Like, I ate at at Batard, you know, next to Frenchette mm -hmm. uh, in Tribeca the other day. And I hadn't been back there for like six months. And they had outside seating and they did a beautiful job. And geez, the food was great. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Austrian chef, I could be getting that wrong, but. They were just really beautiful. Marcus. Great. Marcus, yeah. Hosp- great hospitality, great outside area. And it was just a slight chill in the air. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there going, man, you know, like 15 more, de- you know, 15 more degrees down. This is going to be a problem, right? And now we've got heaters and, we've, you know, the idea is the city won't let you put propane gas out in the street. Mm-hmm. You can buy an AK-47. <laughs> but you right. can't have a propane gas bottle because that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. And so now restaurants are faced with this idea that they've got 25% indoor, maybe, if this thing doesn't spike, we've got outdoor, it's about to get cold, you know, and this city gets cold, right? And so you can, you know, have that fluctuation. Plus we had a terrible summer of rain and, you know, it was sunny one day, the next day it was raining and it seemed to piss down with rain like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the the three nights that restaurants needed to basically even break even if they're even doing that. So, um, you know, there's little restaurants like that. So let me ask you a different question outside New York. Favorite eating city is a big call because I know we both love mm. internationally. So let's stick in the in the U.S. Mm. continent because I know you're in Sardinia. No, you're in Sicily, Sicily Russia, yeah. like six months ago yep. or something last year. And I just got super jealous because I was like due for a trip somewhere. I wish I went. If we were to say in New York um, is your favorite love of your life, yes. out the continent of the U.S., favorite city, eating city. And Well, that's a great question. And I do travel uh, – when I travel to do shows – um, I make it a culinary trip to, as well, so I'm doing. I do a show, and then I'll I'll explore the culinary. Uh, uh, rest. I explore restaurants uh, from whatever city I'm in. And yeah. there's a lot. By the way, there's a lot of great sit- food cities. 
Um, but believe it or not, Los Angeles, California has good is really good food. I mean, I, I've done food tours of you know Savannah, Georgia, and New sure. Orleans has great food. Charleston, uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Um, Let's my, say I had to go live there, and that was it. No, L.A. I like. Yeah, I, but I, yeah. L.A. for multiple reasons. Well, number one, I go there often and to do yeah. shows. Uh, but number two, the food is actually really good. Yeah. I mean, I had actually the best Thai food I've had is not in New York, but it's in L.A. I've had amazing. The Thai problem food. for you and me is we both love walking. That's how we stay. Not no, well, that's why we don't weigh six hundred pounds, but we would. Yes. In L.A., you're in a car all the time, right? Well, speak for yourself. Uh, every, that's true. Though. Everyone in L.A. <laughs> I see you walking down yeah, the highway. Well, everybody in L.A. drives. You have to drive in L.A. Yeah, I'm yeah. the only one. I walk. I walk, any city I'm in. I walk again. I walk five to ten miles a day. It's my thing. It's one of my four passions, or at least four passions. And um, I got to get my steps. But um, and that's all. By the way, walking in New York or LA or any city is a great way to also explore a city. Sure. And you course. can you can stumble upon hidden gems in terms of It's a little easier here though. I mean, I can't imagine yeah. you down Santa Monica Boulevard, the only guy no. on the highway who's no, that's Well, I'm not really on the highway, but I walk around you when I'm yeah. in LA, I walk and most people think uh think I'm homeless. Like why is that guy walking? He's got to be homeless. No, I'm not. But I walk in LA. I walk in LA. But Are you homeless? Or you I don't know. I no, no, I'm not. Home. No, I see I, you outside. I am all I told you I'm always out cuz I suffer from FOMO. Do you know do you know the the secret to getting around LA is actually riding in the tunnels so there is a tunnels. path i'm gonna i'll send you the link there's this incredible path when i used to live there i used to live in venice beach mm. and you can actually get from venice beach to the other side of hollywood under the uh, bypasses and through bridges and tunnels there's a bike path so you can actually get around there without getting in any on any freeways or taking any weird kind of turns you might get a little beat up if it's 1 a.m but at around midday you can ride around that entire city it's oh. pretty remarkable that's awesome so um look I need some advice for some people. Let's say they're starting out as a barman. They say, look, the social fabric of a restaurant is very similar to being in front of an audience, right? How many times mm -hmm. you've been rejected? Have you been rejected from gigs? And what does it feel wait, like? Wait, wait, what do you mean rejected from rejected. gigs? Rejected. So like, you know, when you started out your career, like there's a lot of people that have said to me, they're going to start a new career now. You know, they're changing their path. They're changing their craft. And a lot of them are getting rejected. We had um, a great Jin Choey on here the other day from Barbelly and she's in music and 11 years ago she got to New York was a medical person and wanted to drop out printed 50 resumes out and went to every bar she could and everybody knocked it back until someone said you know maybe and she said I'll work for you for two weeks for hmm. free will you give me a job afterwards you got it so like right now with you know you're an entertainer right mm -hmm. you're in front of an audience you're reading that audience you you want to make everybody happy right what would you give advice to the young people right now in hospitality about making sure they chase their dream still while this COVID period's on and some tenacity that you have because I don't think anything's genetic. I don't think you just woke up like this. I think you created this person who you are, right? So when we say, do you get stage fright? And you say, no, not really. And I don't think you just woke up and because that would be also an insult to you that you didn't work for it. So at some point you've been knocked back a little bit on what you did and, and how did you reboot yourself? Um, by the way, great question. Uh, long question, but great question. Um, well, first of all, Nike has the best slogan: "Just do it." Yep. You, you just got to do it. If I you have your gotta, gotta pair here, right? Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah baby. Uh, <laughs> if uh, uh, you have, you just got to follow your dreams, follow your passions. You just got to do it. Okay. Right. Obviously, you have to pay the rent, uh, and then to to be able to sure, live. Sure. But um, but in terms of rejection, um, like when I had a day job, I I got I got um, probably 
I had like you know short term uh, temporary positions in the financial industry in sure. the financial industry like getting people lunches and stuff like that. Yep. But th after like a year or two years at one or two companies, I would get uh, I don't want to say rejected, but terminated. <laughs> like it didn't work Is out. Is it because you didn't come back with their lunch? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's because I didn't want to be. Well, the yeah, truth was I didn't want to be there because yeah. I've always my whole life been entertainer. I just wanted to entertain, make people uh, laugh, uh, laugh, and uh, you know entertain people, make people for, happy, right? And yep. For a job, that's yep. what I wanted. That's what I do now. But obviously. As I said, you have to pay the bill, so I, I would have day jobs. But I, every time I would go to work, I'd sit in front of a computer. I was like, "What am I doing here? I'm an entertainer." Yeah. But yeah. you got to pay the rent, you know. So you got, you had, I had to take the certain steps to get to point, you know, B. You had to do A, or to All get right. to point C, really, you have to do A and B. But um, but but the thing is, but the, the terminations after working at a company for a year or two years really was. I never saw it as a negative. The rejection. I always right. see rejection as a positive. Really? Because okay, everything absolutely because everything pushes you on your path. So All everything right. pushed me for like so I was working at a financial uh, company for like nine months, and um, uh, the CEO told me I had to get along with the CEO's executive assistant. After nine months, I did not get along with her. <laughs> she uh, I don't know why. Maybe it was too entertaining for her. Maybe it was eating like too many people's lunches. Why like, that guy's lunch? Some copper behind a desk you couldn't read yeah. her mind. So and I really enjoyed working at this company. This is this is years ago, like maybe two thousand five. And uh, I had I got terminated and it was upsetting. Well, number one because I ne needed to pay the rent, yep. and number two is like I enjoyed working there. But, uh, but it pushed me in my path. And cut to you know ten years later, uh, the girl that got me fired is actually number one a good friend of mine because yep. I had seen her at parties and I'm yep. like, and every time I see her, I, I kind of give her a hug. I'm like, thank you for firing me. So you got a kick in the ass from that. Yeah. Every so for me, rejection actually is a positive. So you shouldn't be. Uh, you know, uh, depressed about rejection. Rejection is good. It makes you stronger, makes you smarter, and it really just pushes you on your path. That's a really to... amazing view because that's not an easy place to get. It's easy to say that, but it wasn't probably easy when it happened, right? So what would you tell your your 20-year-old self right now, apart from eat more salad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I, yeah. I was thinking about that the other oh day. I was God. like, what do I tell my 20-year-old self? All right, you know, maybe not fall in love with wine and whiskey or much. Every day I'm like, I should probably eat more salad. And yeah. then I'm like eating a cheeseburger. I'm like, yeah. all right, tomorrow. diet starts tomorrow. <laughs> Every day I say diet starts What would tomorrow. you tell your 20-year-old self? What? Oh, man. Oh, I love that question. 20, I'm, I'm trying, I got to go back to when I was 20. Yeah. Mm, I was drinking more when I was twenty. Yeah. Um, well, okay. What I would tell what I would tell uh, my twenty year old self is what I tell myself every day, and is what my parents told me uh, when I was eight years old, and it was four letters, uh, E I P C. Everything is perfectly constructed. So basically, it's it's all meant to be. It's all good. So just an, and and I and I have been doing it is just enjoy life, appreciate every moment, and it and it's all meant to be. So uh, going along with uh, the rejection is fine. And yeah, I, I mean, I, I had a good 20, 20 years. You, you kind of strike me as a person like me where we, you know, people always say to me, I don't sleep a lot. And I, I sleep enough. Right. I'm not right. a four hour sleep. I think those are freaks when they're like, well, I do three and a half hours and then I cryogenic myself to wake. But I do six, six and a half hours. But I, I like wake up with the excitement that I, I'm missing out. Like right. Mofo, same. right? Yeah. So I same, wake up same. and I'm like, fuck, I've got to own this. Even if I'm hungover or I've had a big week or I'm doing whatever. Do you, you like, you seem like you bounce out of bed. Yeah, because I, I like to be, number one, as productive as possible. And sure. I, I mean, I don't have a day job, so I don't really have to get up early, but yep. I still do. I get, Same. you know, 7, 8 a.m. Uh, I wake up at 7 or 8, and I'm like, I should go to the gym, and then I just go get coffee instead <laughs> every day. But I probably should be at the gym. But um, Then I see you f an hour later going, I shouldn't have breakfast today. I'm, yeah. I'm fasting, so I'll have a cronut. <laughs> yeah, then I'm, I'm eating like an olive oil cake. But um, uh, I, 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 need, I like, again, also, my, I like to be out and about and, meeting people and saying and yeah i'm 
I get, I get lonely, so I need to be around people. I'm a people <laughs> so, person. And, and you love puppies. I do love puppies and like dogs. I love dogs. Fetish for puppy shows. I do. It's, it's kind of like, weird, but no, I'd rather have a fetish. It's not no, weird. I love dogs. It's only weird for the people that you're photographing from across the street. And, <laughs> yeah, they don't well, know, they don't know it's their dog that you're well, photographing. That's weird. But also, when I walk by a dog, I'll say hi. I will not look at the owner. I'll just look at the dog and talk to the dog. Yeah, which is kind of rude. Like yeah, not really. so... Well, then they, because in New York they they may tell you to get fucked if you start yeah, talking true. on the street. Depends on what time of the night it is, right? Yeah. But now a lot of dogs have their own Instagram, so people they, love they it. They do, they yeah. do. So, so okay, you're you're an absolute you know gem for people's food. But tell me the 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 one thing that you dislike with food trends right now. There's got to be something that's too weird. Okay, wait, that's uh, a... you know like I I read this recipe, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> which is actually really old, um, and it was. A turkey stuffed with oysters, what? and I thought to myself, no. and I, you know, it's like the, the the you know the Elvis Presley cooking book, and I've seen cooking at funerals, I've seen all kinds of crazy books. Uh-huh. My friends send me these weird cooking books when they find them, and they know no one's ever going to buy it. So, but I saw this turkey recipe, and it was basically oysters and prunes and bread stuffed inside the turkey, and I thought to myself, how old is this recipe? And I was like, they were saying it was a hundred years old or whatever, and I'm thinking. What kind of fucking weirdo looks at the turkey in the farm and then goes out to sea? Goes, Go get some oysters. I'm hungry, right? So, like, what's the weirdest food thing happening right now? Well, pre-COVID, that you think's just like outrageously unnecessary. Wow. Oh, well. Wait, Are you wait. eating anything you don't like? Well, no. I'm the. Uh, that's a great. Oh, I love these questions, but um, no. Um, I started eating acai bowls. Yep. Which is kind of big now. Yep. But then I. And I've been, I was eating, I was like, oh, I'm going to be healthy. I'll have an acebo. And then I like did some research. And I'm like, wait, this is a uh, shitload of sugar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This ain't, I'm not losing weight. I'm getting bloated <laughs> and fat. I thought this was healthy. It's yeah. all fruit and sugar. So I don't know if that's a big trend. I, well, I know it's a big trend in Bali and probably LA. Now, yeah, I don't yeah. know how big it is in New York now, but I was, I don't know. If, but that, that's one thing I thought about. Like I was eating acebo, thinking I'm healthy. But you like, know, I lived in Bali for like five or six years. No, right? I didn't. I did yeah, a show yeah. in Bali last year. Yeah, yeah. Acebo yeah. bowls are like a sort of a white guy's kind of, I, like, I'm going there to, you know, do yoga and find myself. And right. It's a shit. big thing. And the rest of us were eating eggs for those five years going, mm. there's too much sugar in that stuff. You say you, fake food, right? What? Like fake food, like pretend, don't pretend you're not what you are. So when you eat a dirty, greasy squash burger, just own it. Right, like when you're in Nashville and you get a squash burger at like some late night. Wait, what's bar. a squash burger? Well, you know, the guy's kind of drunk cooking in the kitchen. You know, like you know when you go to Nashville and you go to some of those rock and roll bars, mm. and they're not. By trying, the way, good food town, Nashville. Amazing food, and not when you go to these dive bars. They're trying to be a dive bar. They just because they've been shit for so long that they're cool again. And you get it like a kind of a, a wonky burger. It looks like they kind of fell on it on the oh, way yeah. out, and then you eat it and you go. Yeah, but that's awesome. And, it's, and, and also you go, it's three o'clock in the morning, yeah. anything and right now. Awesome. Right. But then there's some foods that don't pretend they're, they don't pretend they're something else, right? You eat a cronut, you're not eating that going, I'm on my way to Equinox Gym. <laughs> but then when somebody sells you an acai bowl, I always hate saying that word. Acai. Just, acai. It just makes me, it's like anybody says namaste next to me, I'm like, just <laughs> don't, don't come near me. But those fake foods, right? Like they pretend they're good for you. And mm. Is there anything, if we put that aside, is there anything just like you just thought was disgusting? Uh, okay, so there's only two. There's only, I love every food, and, and I love I love try. If I, there's a if there's a dish on a menu I've never tried, I will try it. Sure. There's two dishes that I ever had in my life that I disliked. One was turtle liver in the Cayman Islands. That's disgusting. Years ago, I was in the. It, I've had that. You've had it. Yeah. It, you know what it tasted like? Turtle liver. Yeah. Uh, and then I once had and and you know David Chang by the way, great great chef, great owner. But years ago at his Momofuku Milk Bar, he had a barbecue flavored soft serve ice cream. Not good. It's just not enough. I mean, I had, 
Rotten Shark. I know you can you, Rotten you, you Shark. Look it up after. I'm not even going to tell anybody where it's from. They they'll know. Let's say it's in a colder region of the world, and they basically put the shark in the ground and ferment it. Okay. And then after you know months, they take it out and they. <laughs> now get this. Why? 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 Well, you know, it's 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 amazing. It's so potent that it cannot be legally transported by a plane because it's considered an explosive. And mm. also, it's when they take it out of the ground, they have to wear gas masks to take it and bottle it and marinate it. That's probably wow. the second most, apart from the turtle liver. Maybe there's one or two other things, but generally speaking, I've not eaten anything in New York too weird, but I'm just, oh, you know. I did have was, another, I just thought of another dish, I hate to say it, from it? a, from a, from a, Michelin-starred restaurant. Am I, should I say the restaurant or should I say the dish? It's up to Depends you. Depends if you want to be able to go there again. I don't give a shit. <laughs> well, let's just say there's a restaurant in New York that some people have rated the best in the world. Uh-huh. And you can guess the restaurant. Wait, I'm not getting involved in this one. I might need a table there at some point. <laughs> yeah, I think because I think they're they're not open. I think they're going to open up for outdoor dining. But yeah. um, there is a restaurant. Some people say it's the best in the world. But yeah. I was there last year, and I had and oh god, I had a squid salad with raw squid salad with uh, juniper and horseradish. One of the worst dishes I ever had. I'm not going to mention <laughs> any restaurant because it's people say it's one of the, the number one in the world. <laughs> hey, it, it's not. But, but can I argue that fact for a minute? I'm going to go off script here. Yeah, this is I, I fucking hate this whole idea of best in the world. Yeah, hate when it. you go to the motor show, the German Berlin motor show. They don't go, we've got the new Toyota Corolla up against the Bugatti. The Bugatti won best car in the world. And you get, they don't do that. They do it in its category, right? Right. Because, of course, when you pay a million bucks, you kind of feel like it should be good. Right. right? And you're paying $7,000 for a car with an eco-friendly tank. It is what it is. So with restaurants, like sometimes the most incredible experiences, you know, even if you've been traveling in LA, and I know the truck food thing has been a bit of a phenomenon for a while and it's kind of dying off now, but mm. occasionally you'll eat something and they do one thing. Like one thing, there's a place in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia mm-hmm. called Loom, L-U-M-E, you can look it up. And they spent $5 million on a bakery that does no wholesale, so it doesn't deliver to other bakeries, mm-hmm. and wrapped it around the croissant. They have a queue, and mm-hmm. it's a very modern design place, and they own the croissant. Croissant, if you know your croissant. And they own this one product. I love it when somebody owns... Wait, like, wait the product's a croissant? They have a croissant. They have two or three other little things. That's all they sell. It, it's oh. the best croissant in the whole. And they spent five million dollars to create five, this. They created this factory because they were believed in this puff pastry and even the buttery thing, and they were passionate mm. about it. And it's kind of really interesting because I lo- I think there's going to be a flip side to this, where we know there's. You said twenty seven thousand restaurants. There's actually thirty two thousand restaurants in New York. Probably not after this, mm. but and then maybe there's a spring clean that happens to all of us. I don't know, but. Don't you appreciate when somebody just owns something? You know, like those tiny little places where there's a bodega and they just do those one or two yeah. things incredibly well. Well, what I was going to say is like I, you know, I eat the spectrum of restaurants from, uh, you know, the Michelin stars, the, the tasty menu restaurants to the dives in Chinatown. But there I we were talking about best restaurants in the world. I much some I probably much rather have like, you know, go to the, a dumpling shop in the middle of, you know, Chinatown and spend like two bucks on 10 doublings than a tasty menu. I, I like the tasty menus, but I love the casual stuff that no one even talks about. I, li- I love also discovering hidden gems. So yeah, it's not about, all about so, the mission so story. What's your, what's your feeling? I mean, you might want to make it disappear, but what's your feeling about Hudson Yards? Oh, 
Because oh. <laughs> every time I ask a New Yorker, they look at me. And I'm Australian. I'm kind of trying to be a bit Switzerland in the whole thing. You know, and, and I, the, when anybody says to me, we're building the future precinct um, for the community, that's kind of like, you know, when a, a bad movie's coming out and it's like, this is like Rocky Balboa meets Star Wars. And you yeah. just go, that's going to be shit. Um, and it, you, what do you feel about Hudson Yards? Because, you know, it was a really new development. There's a ton of money in there. There's some... I thought it was a waste of money. Yeah. They... There, I think this. I'll do a reaction to the camera, and then I'll talk about it. That's that's my reaction, huh? Didn't didn't understand it. They spent billions of dollars on, and all these like fancy schmancy stores. It it didn't really make sense. I didn't understand it to be honest. I still don't. Right. I mean, you know, Jose Andres has that Spanish food hall, which is kind of cool. Yep. But and but I just didn't understand it. And by the way, now. No one's there. Yeah, well, it's empty. I mean, there's had a few angels fall from that sky in the restaurant scene there as well. So let me. Ask- will, oh, side note: there was a restaurant near in the Hudson Yards called Electric Lemon. That's very good. Yep. In the Equinox Hotel, um, they had one of my favorite dishes pre-pandemic. You were working out there, and you thought you'd go up there. Yeah, I was walking up, going up to the elevator <laughs> <laughs> to the to the restaurant. They have a they had a Contramar inspired Contramar restaurant in a famous restaurant in Mexico City. Contramar inspired black bass dish, which was fabulous. But that that's, sounds delicious. But um, but yeah, I didn't. I I still don't get the Hudson Yards. Now we know you don't cook, so you're probably using your oven for storage. Right. Tell me one dirty food that you've got in your pantry, and don't make it up. I want to know something that you don't really put on camera. Something that it's like a weird kind of thing that maybe it's a childhood. I don't know. It could a be food st- in my pantry. Yeah. No. no okay. I mean, it could be like out of date Twinkies. I don't know. No. First of all, in my fridge, uh, let's start with my fridge. In my fridge is only bottled water, uh, bubbly sparkling water. Please sponsor me. Uh, and <laughs> which one? <laughs> I like the flavor. Bubbly is a flavor. Uh, oh, it's a flavor. It's, 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 it's okay. a name. No, no, bubbly is the name of a company. Okay, gotcha. B u b l y. Like you're generalizing. No, no, b u b l y. Yeah. I I don't know who owns it. Maybe Pepsi. Maybe Coke. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, flavored waters. I have that, and I have Hint. Hint is another flavored water called Hint, which yep. is not sparkling. That's the only thing I have in my fridge. And then in my pantry, I only have snacks. I don't have food. I have snacks. I, yeah, like, yesterday, I bought uh, organic cheese puffs. Organic cheese? Sometimes I get the munchies. That's it. That's it. Lucky that I don't cook. Organic. I don't cook. <laughs> I lived in my apartment eight mm. years, and I like it a lot in the East Village. And, um, That's such I haven't a cooked one. I tell people I haven't cooked one meal. The truth of the matter is I, I did. The second day I moved in, I did attempt to cook chicken cutlets in a pan uh the smoker alarm went off and i said i'm never doing this again yeah. so that was eight years ago i've not cooked one meal yeah i'm just thinking about those organic cheese puffs i'm lucky they're, no, they're good i think the company's called barbara's all right so we uh just the last thing we're going to wrap up and thank you so much for being i want to i want to thank you very much for being on here i want to get our producer mark you said that you could guess his, his I said, plate. I said, you know, I'm the foodie magician. Think of a restaurant or two that you like a lot in New York. I'll try to guess it. But I said, Mark, think of a dish in your mind, uh, any dish you like. It doesn't have to be out of a restaurant. How can like, you know that? Well, I'm going to try to guess it. So should, I'm going to. I said, Mark, at the end of the show that we're doing right now, I'm going to try to guess a dish in his mind. So should we get him back? Let's get. Mark, can we get right, you back on camera? Let's get him back on camera, Marky Mark. We're, me and him are wearing the same outfit. Is it because he's English and you're narrowing it down? To he's like not one, English. Scottish, he's Scottish. Sorry, Scottish. No, it's it it English, Scottish, whatever. It's narrowing it down so to listen, like one dish. Uh, it's just. I mean, it's just it, about it my. Be, it better not be potatoes. Is it potatoes? All right, look at me. I'm going to stand up. I got to stand up. I got to stand. Up. So just so the listeners here, right now inside Mark, you're thinking of a dish. You have not told me a thing. It's, I said think of one in your mind. Uh, I'm going to try to guess the dish. That Mark is thinking about uh, as the foodie magician, the only magician, mentalist, comedian in the world that eats at restaurants all day and all night. <laughs> Not fruity. That actually sounded like a weird yogurt ad. You know, like one of the. 
Anyway. Um, okay, I'm gonna the dish that's in your mind. Uh, when was the last time you had this dish? I'll I'll, I'll make it easier. Uh, last six months, last two weeks, last within last year. Probably over a year ago. Over a year ago. That's all I need to know. Here we go. It'll take me. I'll do this quick just for time's sake. Thirty seconds. Look at me, Mark. Uh, yeah. um, now I know because earlier I guess to he was thinking of Mary's fish camp. Yeah. Known for their lobster roll. Maybe he's thinking of lobster or lobster rolls. Uh, pretty pricey at Mary's Fish Camp, but still very good. Um, I think it's like 39 bucks. Um, uh, maybe you're thinking of a cheeseburger. Maybe you're thinking about spaghetti and meatballs. Maybe he's thinking about um, eggplant parm or sea urchin. I'm a big uni addict. Sea urchin. I love sea urchin. Um, maybe he's thinking of caviar ooh, caviar fancy schmancy not for my little scottish boy uh-uh um maybe you're thinking about a t-bone steak or a filet mag filet mignon filet i don't mignon. even know what that is oh filet mignon yeah i said it like you know all right i'm gonna go with this dish look at my eyes real quick look at that. by the way beautiful eyes mark so ladies and gentlemen who are listening i'm writing something on my piece of paper here i have a pad um show the camera uh where sh robert is showing the camera whatever you know that dish robert Okay, he said, for fuck's sake, Hold, uh, in a loud voice, you could have thought about anything. What dish is in your mind? Say very loud. What's the dish? Okay, caveat. I had two dishes in my mind, but that's the problem. You did? Yeah, and I thought one was too obvious, so I went with a different one. Go with the first one. Well, the first one was Cacio Pepe. Right. And that was obvious? Wait, time out. Cacio Pepe was obvious? Uh, oh, no, sorry. Uh, what? Ha haggis. Ha! Because that's obvious. Uh, <laughs> Very obvious. So obvious. I read your mind. Yeah. I wrote I haggis, everyone. Oh, I was like, Cacio Pepe, what? From, still Via, from Via Corona? Yeah. Was it Via Corona? Via Corona. Yeah, of yeah. course. Uh, good. I had that last week. Uh, give it up for Mark, everybody. Yeah, you got yeah, foodie Haggis. Right, of course, Scottish dish. Of course, that was easy. Josh, thank you so much. Just tell thank me you. one thing on the way out. What are you going to eat now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Well, here's the thing. Great. By the way. Answer that question, and and everyone should know this. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram at Booty Magician, um, is I never know. I, I I rarely plan my meals, Robert. It's always I let the universe guide me. I don't. I like being spontaneous. So I literally have no idea. I will say last night I went to a great uh, Korean inspired comfort food restaurant called Uma U M M A uh, by Noodle Love. There's a casual noodle spot called Noodle Love, but they're at nights they're doing this. Uh, kind of uh, more sit-down dinner. Uh, it's called Uma, a Korean-inspired comfort food. It was fabulous. But today, I have no idea where I'm going. Well, and we're I like in Neuer House recording studio, right? So we're in Madison. We're, you know... Kind oh, of... up, well, if I was here, I would go to Upland because it's a block away if they're open. They're Upland. open. They've got a great and outside they, area. And they have a lunchtime-only burger that's very good. Of course good. you know that. Yes, lunchtime only burger at Upland. So dude, I would go to Upland right dude, now. Dude, you're a fucking away. amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for guessing. I mean, who would have thought haggis from a Scottish man? I know. <laughs> but yeah. seriously, like there's a few other Scottish dishes out there, but that was pretty that was good. pretty easy. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Right. Thank you for having me. You got foodie magished. That's it for this week, peeps. If you're enjoying the show, just go to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or whatever podcast player you listen to, and ideally give us five-star rating, if we deserve it, of course. It will help other people like you discover us. If you want to find out more on what we get up to, or to suggest someone we should interview, let us know. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at The Raw Hospitality Show. The show is a Fabrica Collective production produced by Mark Fellows and Samantha Webb, music by Jindal. 